Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode six. We have our very first guest in this episode. We've got Michelle of Walking 2x2 fame. Hi, Michelle. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me here. And the reason we have Michelle in is we're going to be doing the Dwelling Up to Collie section of the Billman track. Um, so Michelle's walked this quite a few times. She's got lots of knowledge. So we're looking to get another opinion on the section because it's one that I've not done a lot of hiking on. So we'll be back and forth with Donovan and Michelle. In spite of you being a track maintenance worker yes. for the yes. section. Yes. And we'll get onto that later, the, the kingdom of pie. Yes. <laughs> you have a good half hour description of every bend and turn <laughs> in there. Yeah, and hopefully we hope to with these Bibbleman track pods to get a guest in just to give, I guess, a second opinion or a third opinion, depending on the section, and talk about, you know, the different aspects that we've liked and don't like about these sections. Exactly. And the beautiful Jarrah forests. <laughs> the lovely <Yeah>. unburnt Jarrah <laughs> forests. <laughs> yes. So, Michelle, why don't you just give us a little bit of um, your background in hiking and also with walking two by two. Yes, I grew up in Kalamunda, where the Northern Trailhead is, and I grew up running around the bushland. Um, so I suppose that's where the love of the bush came. Throughout my life, I did brownies, guides, rangers, and I also did my DV. And in my DV, funny enough, I did hiking. So I've always had a hiking background. The last 15 years, I've been right into my hiking, traveling the world, hiking as many trails as I can, as well as spending a lot of time on the Bibbulmun track. It's my favorite place, it's my home. And I think one of you guys had posted, what's your favorite track? Was that you, mister? That was me. <laughs> uh, the Bibbulmun track is my favorite track of all. Yeah, and I started my walking site, walking two by two, mainly because I was traveling a lot and hiking around the world. And it was for family and friends to see what I was doing. And it sort of grew from there. More and more people wanted to know and more and more people got interested. So I grew it from there. Excellent. And what's your favorite overseas hike? That's a hard one because, yeah, they're all very different. But I have to say I loved Norway. Norway was just something special up in the mountains it's uh, very isolated just absolutely gorgeous something magical about Norway yeah excellent so I guess we'll get stuck into dwelling up to Collie so picking up where we left off in episode five dwelling up yeah Michelle do you want to give us your <laughs> thoughts on on the great town of dwelling up dwelling up well dwelling up's gorgeous town I, I love it down there I love steam trains I'm an absolute steam train freak so I love steam trains. I've had the pleasure of seeing the steam trains while walking the bib coming in from Shadora. I, I, I love Dwelling Up's historical timber town and the Blue Ring Cafe, of course. That's the best place to go. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Don't, don't go to Dwelling Up without stopping at the Blue Ren Cafe and a beer at the pub. They're my two recommendations of Dwelling Up. Don't go wrong. Mm. So the walk out of dwelling up going we'll go north to south like we did with the darling scarp section so that first section to swamp oak what are you guys thoughts donovan i i really like this section i think overall i find dwelling up to collie probably one of the most compromised sections of the track which is a big shame because i think that the darling scarp section is probably one of the best sections and this to me is a big step down however the first day from dwelling up to collie I think it's a really great section. I mean, I think there's been a few pods where I've bagged out Jarrah Forest for being kind of ugly and scrappy and burnt. But I think that the forest leading into Swamp Oak is probably one of the better parts of the Jarrah Forest. The trees are quite mature. There's a lot of, of lush ferns in the, in the understory. And it's just really nice walking. And I also really like, there's a bit that goes through a pine plantation. And I thought that that was going to be horrible. But it's kind of nice the way that they've put the track through there. And when we were there, a lot of the pines had like sap coming down the sides. And it had a nice, almost kind of eerie feel going through there. And also there's a lot of granite outcrops in the pine forest, which is kind of weird because you don't really see them as often. Yeah, you wouldn't you know? think that would be ideal planting conditions. Yeah. Having your big, uh, big tractors and planting equipment in there, but... Interesting. They've, yeah, they've got some granite outcrops and it's kind of weird that you have these very Australian looking granite outcrops with these highly un-Australian pine trees growing mm. around them. Yeah. 
Michelle, when was I know you recently completed an end to end? When was the first time you did this section? What were your thoughts? The first time I did this section was I think it was late nineteen nineties. Um and I really did like the area but hated the pine plantation. Hated the pine plantation. But funny enough I've grown to love the pine plantation and I think it's because since being to Norway it takes me back there. So when I'm walking through the pine plantation, I feel like I'm walking back through Norway and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. But I find that section to Swamp Oak is very mystical, uh, especially early in the morning. When I walked the bib track, the latest walk, I came from the south to the north. So I started my day in Swamp Oak and the mist around was gorgeous. And then you've got that walk up the hill. And having that mist just hanging between the trees was just absolutely amazing, beautiful. Mm. So one feature of this first couple of days or two or three days is you get to follow the Murray River um, in sections. I think that's probably very responsible for the mist and the ferns and the lushness. Mm. I know it's quite a popular camping spot too, but it's great that the billmen can interact with that area um, for the better. And I think that the other thing beyond the river that helps with the lushness is dwelling up has, I think, a higher rainfall than Perth. Mm. So that area is just, as far as, as Jarrah Forest goes, quite a wet area, yeah. which is a big shame that it had that big fire go through. Yeah, but it, with the rainfall comes the big regrowth and mm. we'll get on um, how much regrowth there actually has been <laughs> mm. since those fires. Moving on, so Swamp Oak to Murray Campsite. I know Donovan, you weren't... A big, big fan. I, I really love Swamp Oak, and I love the little bit after that on... Is it Swamp Oak Road? That Swamp Oak Road, yeah. It's really lovely along there. By the end of it, I was glad to be off the road. But the trees growing over the track there are really quite stunning and quite mature trees, which I think that there's not enough of in the Jarrah Forest. And it's good basically up until, I feel, until Yarragil form... And then we did Swamp Oak through to Yarragil Form in 2015 before the fires went through. And then we did from Yarragil Form to basically to Driver Road after the fires went through. And I have to say that the difference was chalk and cheese where I really liked the lushness of that, that bit before. It was just destroyed by the fire and very, very blackened basically all the way through to Murray. Um, and as Mark was pointing out, you know, in terms of regrowth, near Murray, it's just un- unreal how much regrowth has come through. And, yeah, I have I feel like it's, it's okay, but I just didn't find it super exciting. I actually loved the whole section yep. between Swamp Oak and Murray. <laughs> I, I love the old railway formations through there. I love coming down that hill when you come down from Swamp Oak down to the Yarragul form. There's little chairs there, stools. Have you ever seen them? Yeah. Um, I think one at Scotch College, I think, might have been responsible for that. I'm not sure. One of the colleges, Mm. yeah. They're the ones that have the signs that say how many Ks. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I I love that, that they've got that there and you can just sit and look out over the valley, especially now because it is burnt and it's cleared up and you can see the views. (laughs) Yes. Um, The regrowth is coming back and I really like the regrowth. I hate it when it's burnt, but as it starts to be reborn, I love the new birth, the the colours that spark through, the the lime greens that come up. It makes the bush feel like it's alive again. Mm. And it's a very special feeling. I feel like it's a very special feeling. So... I enjoy that. Um, the walk through near Murray campsite is still quite burnt out. When I walked through this time, it was in a thunderstorm. Mm. So it was very hard to actually take note of what was around because you're too busy with your head down trying to walk as fast as you can because where do you go in a thunderstorm? Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, I really enjoy that. And I love getting to Murray campsite because you've got the swimming pool there. You mm. can have a nice swim, um, jump in and yeah, no, it's very, very special campsite that one. So, But the downside to it all is there's a lot of four-wheel drive tracks around and having four-wheel drive tracks means you get other people, not necessarily bib and track walkers come in. Um, so I have encountered that a lot, 
having people who have driven in and they've come in with their dogs and you know their music and mm. yeah so mm. that part of it i don't enjoy yeah. i think that's a bit of a theme that will be reoccurring all the way through to collie unfortunately isn't it unfortunately yeah. this whole section you find that there are a lot i think there's like nine access points along the way that you are allowed to use but there are many other tracks in between and there's a lot of four-wheel drivers that go through there not saying that four-wheel drivers are bad at all they're not it's just that it's more access to the public than it doesn't give you the remoteness of the Bibbulmun track that we would expect to have. Mm. I'd have to say that I'm guilty of going in one time by four by four, but it is because my friend Tom is a maintenance uh, <laughs> <laughs> volunteer. Along <laughs> he looks after the the Murray campsite, so we've been we've had to drive in there to um, take all the tools and equipment, and yeah. Have you seen the Murray since they've upgraded? They've done some work there and they've tidied it up and it actually looks quite lovely. Okay. I've not yeah. been there since April, which was when we discovered just how much regrowth there was. I think we mm. spent two or three hours just clearing a two-kilometre section of the track. You got to a tree and it was all grown out and bushy and you chopped that down, found the trail, and then you kind of were lost a little bit until you cleared off the next section. So hopefully it's recovering well and you can navigate straight through it. Yeah, I didn't have any trouble navigating through that section at all. I found it quite clear, but that could be because it's so burnt out, you could actually see where you're going. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of regrowth. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think being right next to the Murray also helps, um, just having that access to the, the pure amount of water that they, the trees have. Well, I did notice that this time, opposed to other times before the fires, you had more views of the Murray, whereas before you didn't. Mm. You didn't see it so much, mm. but this time you did. And you're always aware that it was there. Mm. And that, to me, is lovely, to always have that water view. Um, I think between dwelling up in Collie, that section, if you're an end-to-ender and you started in Kalamunda, coming down to that section is pretty special because that's when you first hit the waterways. That's when you hit the rivers. Mm. And it's not so hilly and it's a different, completely different feel altogether. So it just gives you a whole different element of your walk. Mm. It's something that a lot of people we, we ran into when we were, we were hiking further along the track. They said that they really liked that about Murray. And they had said that they'd, they'd seen photos of it before the fire and said that it actually was nicer now. Nicer now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, mm. yes. But then also one downside of everything being a bit clearer is you can hear the mining operations that are two, 300 metres away from yeah. the campsite, which is a bit of a disappointment. Mm. Sadly, that is part of it, the, the track life in that area, yes. And I don't think that will get any better. No, no, I don't think it's going anywhere. We'll just have to put up with the drone, mm. yeah. Mm. So at Murray, we then get on to Ducanelli and a very special moment between you two. This is the area where you guys met yes, for the first time. We did. In, well, we'd met before, but it was me as an audience member at one of your speeches, what you did on the, the Olive track. Yes, St. Olive track, yep. yep. Alyssa and I did some trail magic. We brought some beers and burgers down and uh, caught up with Michelle at Ducanelli. Yes, it was amazing. I don't know how many days I'd been on the track but I'd actually started in Albany and I was setting up my tent at Ducanelli and I heard this voice and I yelled out is that you Donovan and sure enough it was Alyssa and Donovan they had come in and bought beers and burgers and Donovan cooked burgers on the open fire and it was amazing absolutely incredible it was the best meal of the track Yay. Yeah, it was the best meal of the track. It really was. No, it was incredible. You mean the bananas and chocolate I, I brought weren't quite oh, up to scratch? I'm sorry. <laughs> but in terms of the walking, what do you guys think? I, I think in spite of it being burnt, I quite like the walking along the ridge from Murray Campsite to Duke and Ellie. It it is very, very, very badly burnt. There's a lot of dead skeletons of trees everywhere through this area. But for me, I always say this, that rocks are forever, or at least sort of are forever, whereas trees are not. And even though the landscape is ravaged by the fire, the fact that the landscape is a bit rugged means that it's still interesting. So I quite enjoy the walk along that ridge bit. 
once you get to drive a road and you're walking to Ducanelli, it's yeah, it's all right. You know, it's it's basically a vehicle track all most of the way. But you know, as as a day on the track, I think it's a it's an enjoyable one in spite of the the burnt forest. <laughs> you yeah. have to hold your tongue quite a lot this <laughs> this pod, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I actually like it, and I like Ducanelli. But I have a question, and many 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 years ago, and I think it was in the late nineties when. I'd gone towards Ducanelli, and I'm pretty sure it was Ducanelli. There was a bus stop on the track. Can yeah, there anyone was. tell me, was that Ducanelli? And where is the bus stop? Donovan? I did not see it, but you are correct. I think it was near Ducanelli. Unfortunately, the website that definitely did have photos of it was Jamie Dillon's blog. He's since taken it down, but he says he maybe might put it back up. But he did have photos, and it does say roughly where it is. Okay, so I've got a photo it. of me at the bus stop, but I can't... It's one of those things that it bugs you and you just really want to know where was this mm. and I can't remember where it was. And, yeah, I thought maybe it was Tukaneli. I have, I have moments like that near the southern end of the track because the Denmark section has been rerouted somewhat and there were all these tyre stairs in that section that I remember from the early 2000s that are not there anymore. And I always think, where was that? Yeah, it's not there now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Jamie, if you're listening, please put up your blog again. <laughs> I know Donna yes. was asking so this if, recently. Yeah. If anyone out there does know about the bus stop, please, yeah, let us know because it's one of those things that have been bugging me for a very long time. Yeah. And moving on from Ducanelli, we come across Long Gully Bridge, which sadly was burnt down in the 2015 fires and has since been rebuilt thanks to some great fundraising by the foundation. Michelle, you would have hiked the track with Long Gully Bridge. I did. Um, I've got some great photos of Long Gully Bridge um, and crossing Long Gully Bridge. That was gorgeous, um, beautiful bridge. I think it was the only wooden curved rail bridge in the area. It was the longest. And one. the longest, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah, no, I really, really liked that. It was a sad day when that burnt down. Mm. Um, but now they've changed where the bridge crossing is, as you would know, and it's now a swing bridge. Um, have you boys been out and had a look and a play on the swing bridge at all? Donovan has, yeah. I have not. I, I really like the new bridge. I think it's it's a really good feature that they have the swing bridge. I think, I don't know what it is, but swing bridges are just fun yeah. and they're cool. And I think that it's aesthetically pleasing and it's a good addition that doesn't make up for the long gully bridge but i think it's an acceptable and a good compromise mm. and one of the things i'll say is that the long gully bridge burning was actually a big influence on me doing the bibbleman track and trying to finish it i always was kind of oh i can get onto it some stage i'll i'll do it and i did bits of it in the early 2000s and then just stopped doing it but once that happened i thought no you know the way that climate's going most of the track may not be here in, a, in 50 years you know maybe you know, heaven forbid some of the huts like Mount, Mount Wells might be gone in the future in a fire and things like that. And I just thought, no, you just gotta, you gotta do it. So it's a sad thing, but it also was a big influence for me having done the track. It was that push you needed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, that's good. No, well, I, I went and had a look at the um, swing bridge. When I went through on my end to end, it actually wasn't open. They hadn't completed it but I did go down and have a look at the footings and was getting pretty excited about it. And since then, they have completed it. They've opened it, now closed it. Why, why is that? <laughs> <laughs> Something to do with our old friend prescribed burns, maybe? Yeah, just a little. And um, no, I've had a look and had a little walk on it, surprising to some of my friends, as I don't know if anyone knows, I actually am petrified of swing bridges. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> Is there a name for this phobia? And um, I don't know. I look but that I up. <laughs> have to look that up. Yeah, I am very scared of the swing bridges. And after coming off this one, I was still shaking mm. quite a bit. Um, but it is a beautiful looking bridge. I have to say it's a gorgeous structure. Whoever designed it did a good job. Kudos to them. Mm. Yeah, it is lovely, lovely piece. Mm. But it's a shame then we have to walk on the four wheel drive track after. Ah, interesting, because I actually have actually quite like the, the You section. like that four-wheel drive did. track. Um, That's unusual. <laughs> you ah, hate four-wheel drive tracks. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised. I do, but I'll say this. 
I, I like four-wheel drive tracks a lot better than burnt forest, and the forest there is a lot less burnt than the other side. Okay. okay. So, well, I don't mind burnt forest, but I hate four-wheel drive tracks. <laughs> I think that it's, it's, it's not great, but I think that given the circumstances, because if they had continued the track down to where it was, I think you'd be walking through a just hellscape of blackness for quite some distance. But that's only temporary. It will, it, it will recover. It will, but they'll do more control burns than it will look burnt again. Yes. <laughs> so I, I actually thought that even though it's not perfect, you know, there are issues because it is still an active four-wheel drive track. Yes. So w- when the season's in, there will be four-wheel drives coming down the track while we're walking. In the off-season, there's some puddles that are ridiculously deep. Alyssa yes. fell into one, and it's, it and looks it looks comical how yeah, deep it is. It's like uh, you know one of the portals from Rick and Morty. She just kind of disappeared, and her head's just kind of like, oh, I'm in a puddle. Yeah. So I I don't like that that aspect of it, but I think considering that they had to do something, you know, to link the track again, I think they've done a good job. Yeah. Why did they not put the bridge where the old one was? I think because it was too far. Because it's it's much closer. The span is much less okay. than if they'd done it there. Because if you think about how long Longali was, probably would have been yeah, maybe a cost economical. issue then. Yeah, yeah, cost issue. Put it at a closer point. Um, Fair enough. So a fear of crossing bridges, Jeff Erophobia. Jeff Erophobia. Okay. But that's a fear of crossing bridges yeah, and, well, or mine, tunnels. Mine swing bridges. Yeah. So it doesn't. Mm. There's no specific thing for swing bridges. So maybe we have to make it. But I was brave. I did go on the swing bridge. Yeah. I was very brave. And then I ran off the swing bridge. <laughs> so from Long Gully Bridge, along that 4 by 4 track that Donovan absolutely loves. And I absolutely <laughs> hate. I, I wouldn't say absolutely love absolutely it. Absolutely love it. So <laughs> in you know, relevant terms, you love it. So then we move on to Possum Springs, isn't it? Yes. Well, there's a little bit, I guess, leading to Possum yeah. Springs. Yeah. Did you boys see Possum Springs before it burnt down? No. No. Okay. I've stayed at Possum Springs before it burnt down as well as stayed at the new one. Didn't like the old one, funny enough. I think there were three Possum Springs because I had a chat with a few people about it that there was, I think, a hut before it. I think it was a standard hut originally. Then they replaced it with either a Deep South. Was it a Deep South that was there? Or I think was it was it a, a Deep stretch? South that I was in. No, a Deep South. It was a Deep South? Mm. And then now it's a Nornalup, isn't it? Nornalup style? But it's a... Ram Durf Ram ones. ones, yeah. yeah. I haven't actually slept in the Ram Durf because I'm a tent person. I prefer to sleep in my tent. But I did stay at Possum Springs. I stayed in the old Possum Springs, um, not in my tent. And I didn't like it very much back then. But I think that was more not because of the hut itself. It was because of the closeness to four-wheel drive tracks and people were coming in that night and with their four-wheel drives and their dogs and their eskies and, mm. yeah, having a good old time. So it put a sour note on Possum Springs for me. Yeah. I didn't like Possum Springs. The area's terribly burnt around it and it just looks very boring. And the, I, the bits, some of the bits leading up to it I don't mind, like coming along the river, mm. it's okay. The wildflowers that were near Harvey Quindanning before the, um, the beautiful conveyor belt <laughs> were, were quite nice. But yeah. That stretch between Harvey Quindanning and Possum Springs itself isn't overly exciting stretch to walk no. at all. There's nothing that stands out as a feature. Mm. Um, and I think a fair amount of it you are on an old four-wheel drive track. I don't mm. think it's a used four-wheel drive track anymore. So, yeah, there's not a lot that stands out and says, whoa, mm. this is a great walk here. And that's I think that's something that... I will say as a as a lesson that I learnt walking these sections recently was that what I look for in a walk is often those wow moments where you you know you come around a corner or you come to a clearing or you come over a crest and you just see something amazing and I felt a lot of this section is devoid of those moments mm-hmm. and this was to me very problematic especially because it's burnt because it's it can be burnt but then if you know near Mount Cook is burnt but Mount Cook is spectacular mm. And that gives you a reward as a payoff for it. Whereas I found for myself that what I looked for in a walk was not provided for me in this section. Mm. And it definitely was quite bad in this particular area past Harvey Quindanning. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of time to catch up now. Mm. 
after the building and the machinery you can see where all the machinery has gone in to do the building and yeah it's not attractive at the moment but it'd be interesting to go back I think in a year's time mm -hmm. and see what happens and see how it's developed you might be surprised you might like it mm. yeah. I think yeah definitely visiting in spring would help a lot because those sections where there's not any wow factor is you need something else to keep your eye and I think the wildflowers really add kind of that color and you know you're looking at the floor a lot and seeing how many different types you can find so because mm. you guys did it in winter didn't you wintery yes. spring early it, spring it was a yeah sort of late winter early spring and just a week before i think it was we did the section leading up to harvey quindanning and came back and did this mm. and just in that week or two weeks whatever it was the wildflowers had bloomed significantly and that bit leading up to the conveyor belt was actually really quite nice because of how many wildflowers were there mm. but you're quite right i think later on in the season it's always that tricky thing because you you can go later in, in the seasons and, and all the the rivers aren't flowing mm. but then there's more wildflowers and it's hard to find that balance yeah definitely then possum springs we then go on to yordamong mm. mm. yordamong mm. could that be yours Yes, so I am a maintenance volunteer. So my 10 kilometer section stretches between DV Road and Trees Road. And I think I must have the straightest, most boring mm -hmm. looking section of the track, um, the whole thousand kilometers. Because <laughs> you look at the map, especially if you've just zoomed out to the dwelling up to Collie section, there's just a line, a dead straight line. And that's, that's me for the first six kilometers of my maintenance trip. And it is quite a wide track too. It is. It's an actual 4x4 four four track, which I'm still debating whether it's meant to be used or not. And I'm quite sure it's not because I was I there, don't on, think so. there on the weekend and I noticed, yeah, a few people had driven around, bits had fallen over and there's lots of rubbish there all the time. And then I got to kind of a low-lying area that's actually quite spooky if it's grey. And I heard a rumble behind me and there was three guys and their dogs in a ute with the cages on the back. And they were out pig hunting. Mm. Um, so yeah, they, they will be reported to um, Parks and Wildlife because it's illegal, you're not meant to be out there. And they're the reason I quite often have bags of bottles and cans and everything um, to take back to the car. But in terms of my section, I mean, it's, to me, I like it because it's like it's my own little piece of the big woman I get to look after, mm. and I've been there quite a few times, so you get to see it over the seasons. But yeah, it's this Jarrah forest, which some a lot of it's burnt out, but it is recovering well, and there's lots of Zamia palms, which I enjoy, and that then brings the emus, which I think mm. I saw quite a few on the weekend, and yeah, lots of wildflowers. I've got actually got a catalogue, all of the wildflowers I've seen on my various trips, but I'd be well over 50 different types wow. easily. Mm. That's amazing. Your section there, I'm going to keep calling it yours, Yordamung, that's in a conservation area. That's the one in this section between Dwelling Up and Collie that is actually in a conservation area. So mm. you can't have campfires there, can we? No. Um, but they can do prescribed burns there, as you found out. <laughs> Clearly. I, um, yeah, in May, I went to go out to do a maintenance trip, and part of that was I was going to intercept Michelle as she was coming through doing her end-to-end. -end. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And as the night before or something, I just checked on the, the Billman Track website to see what was going on. It was on. about 5.30 at night I get this message. Yeah, that they yeah. were doing prescribed burns in and around Yordamung. Um So the campsite was closed, and there was a temporary campsite set up where I usually park my car. Um, so I had to let Michelle know and get a couple of hikers with her and it was a bit of a, a funny situation to meet someone in. Yeah, it was a very, yeah, strange situation. It was a, it was a shame I didn't get to go into Yordamun this time. I have been there in the past, but um, this time, no. Unfortunately, I haven't got to go there, so maybe I'd better take another trip out. Well, have you talked to Donovan? I don't think he'd recommend <laughs> staying at Yordamung right now. I least. have seen Donovan's photos. Yeah, at least not um, for a couple of years. It's a little bit sad. Mm. Um, um, yeah, leading into there, I, I described the forest as looking Tim Burton-esque. Mm -hmm. There's these sort of choked, blackened trees, and it's just disgusting. You know, it, it looks so terrible. 
And this is something I was so looking forward to as well because it said, you know, Virgin Jara hadn't been burned, conservation area, well, hadn't been logged, I should say. And it was really nice leading up to that. I, I must say, I like the plonk hole section of your section. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the end of the Kingdom of Pi just before Trees Road where it's all those really big, you know, very mature Jarrah. And there was like a few swampy areas. And then we just crossed this road and it was just black. And it was so disappointing as we kept going the control burn has been right up to the hut you can see burnt grass trees just you know two meters from the hut yeah that actually surprised me looking at your photos that they were able to go that close to the hut Mm. Um. the fact that they were able to control that i don't know how they couldn't control to leave the area around the hut looking nice because the trees there are virginal growth and I just can't believe that they didn't do more to to help that. And what really pissed me off about this was that there were trees where the roots had obviously burnt down and either the tree fell over or they pulled it over. And I just can't believe that these beautiful big trees that are excellent examples of what Jarrah can be if you if you let them live to that age would be treated like this. That given that this is a rare part of the forest, that a lot of the Jarrah we see is regrowth and it's young and it's scrappy, why wouldn't you take more care in control burning this section? Mm. You know, I would say it's not a controlled burn. You know, it's, it's a prescribed burn. It's not being done in a manner that I think cares for that particular aspect of the forest. Mm. <laughs> Let's pour one out for the Jarrah forest. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I agree. There's um, yeah, a way to go about it and the way it's done at the moment. And it's, it's an advert for the state, the track, and it should be treated that way where you're showcasing the best of WA and you don't want it to be burnt out all the time. And as you said, in a conservation area where you're looking forward to what's described in the, the guidebooks, and if it's not there, then you're going to walk away feeling very disappointed. Yeah. And you've got a lot of walking to do. Oh, yeah. And a lot of thinking. <laughs> the thing was, if they had burnt sections and it was all, you know, regrowth Jarrah and I hated it, but they had to do it, fair enough. But this, this, I felt that this is an area that's special that could have been something. And it just ended up being such a low light because it was something I was so excited about. And then also, it's a, it's a no fire site. But then the whole area looks terribly burnt. It's mm. just like, yeah. it, it's just basically like, taking the piss you know <laughs> <laughs> I agree so yeah on that note we'll uh, move on and the final hut is Harris Dam am I correct in that yes, yes. Harris Dam so Michelle your okay. thoughts yeah um, this is the gnome hut you all know about the gnome in the tree yeah? yes yeah. it's quite funny I spent quite a bit of time looking at this gnome and wondering how did that person get that gnome up there Um, I came up with a few theories, but whoever put the gnome up there, yeah, it would be interesting to know how you actually put it up there. Did you climb up onto the roof um, and throw it into the tree? I'm not sure. Have you seen it up the top of the tree? I haven't seen it. I I knew it was there, and then I forgot to look for it when we went through. (laughs) Well, if you haven't seen it, it's behind the hut, and it's up quite high, so I'm not quite sure how they managed to get it up there. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a talking point for that night at the heart. Um, Harris Dam isn't a grand shelter by any means. Uh, The location's very flat and there's not a lot. It's not an exciting place. Um, It's pleasant, but it reminds me a lot of Ball Creek. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair statement. Yeah, I always feel like it's a lot like Ball Creek. Um, But the area around there, I never liked the area many years ago. I always thought it was creepy, something not right about that area. But this time walking through, it's had the burns through there, but it's regrown. And that's where I felt like the bush was coming alive. It felt magical. Um, The birds were just going berserk. The regrowth was bright green and gorgeous and lush with the surroundings of the black Jarrah trees. Mm. So, so. 
so yeah I did enjoy walking up from Collie to Harris Dam but I didn't really enjoy walking from Harris Dam to the road is that Trees Road? Trees Road comes after Yordamong so Trees Road is the one you would have stayed at at the temporary camp. Yes, Trees Road. Yeah. yeah, because sadly I couldn't continue on into Yordabung. Mm. Yeah, Michelle came. Uh, I'd just finished doing my maintenance and there comes Michelle in the uh, the Depor ute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Getting a lift with Nick, the, uh, the ranger. Yes, hello, Nick, if you're listening. Thank you very much. And Nick, I had hamburgers. LAUGHTER <laughs> Um, in reference to that, Nick was teasing me about hamburgers. And when you've been on the track and somebody says things like hamburgers, um, steaks, <laughs> it makes you really hungry and you really want that. And his parting words to me was burgers, 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 burgers. And I think he said it about five times. Yeah, he has a bit of a twisted sense of humor. <laughs> he has. But sure enough, thanks to Donovan, I got my burgers. So there you go, Nick. Mm. <laughs> I actually I don't like the maybe two meet, two kilometres after Yodamung mm-hmm. but I actually quite like the walking from Yodamung to Harris Dam okay. more than Harris Dam to Collie I have to say Okay. Um, because, so we're the opposite yeah because there were a lot of streams when we went through mm-hmm. and I think there probably weren't any streams when you went no. through this is I guess one of those things where Sometimes a section can be really crappy at some point of the year, but be really nice at another point. And when we did it, there were a lot of little streams through, and it, it was just really nice. And especially, I think, because I was so angry about your demand. And leading up to Harris Dam, there are quite a lot of mature Jarrah, and I just kept thinking, oh, this is what it could have been. Mm. And so while I was disappointed by that, at least I had some nice things leading up to Harris Dam. Whereas Harris Dam to Collie just infuriated me because of how, again, compromised the track is. Because yeah. I saw a lot of dirt bike tracks. And if you know me, there's one thing I despise is dirt, dirt bikes. bikes. Not dirt bikes per se, because I think they have their place and I can see how they would be fun, but not on the Bibbleman where there's clearly a sign that says no dirt bikes. They've got a picture of, you know, a guy doing a wheelie <laughs> and it has like a big no through there. But people just do it there, and it's just... I don't know what it is. I think it's this proximity to Collie, and there's a lot of people who have dirt bikes, and they want to drive through the area. And it it just irks me so much to see the track ripped up with all these just tracks everywhere. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you have a track that goes near towns, you're going to get that. It's a sad part of it. You experience a lot up in near Kalamunda and Mundaring especially, there's a lot of dirt bikes hooting through there. Um, I've been known to stand in front of them. Um, <laughs> you're, you're quite aggressive with your, your anti-dirt bike measures, I aren't you? I am very, yes. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'm 100% with you there, Donovan. I, I'm i not anti-dirt bike riders. I'm just anti-dirt bike riders on the track. Yeah. Yep. I know Nick from Parks and Wildlife is doing a lot of work around Collie um, to try and pick areas where the track could be improved and I know he's done quite a few diversions just to take it away from areas where people would go oh yeah I ride my dirt bike on there to areas where they just they either wouldn't want to go there or they don't know that it's there so yeah he does think about us hikers quite a lot um, and trying to improve the trail experience so mm. with a bit of time hopefully the area around Collie will be much improved I think it's it's hard to fix that area totally though I think that I think it's great that someone is actually thinking about this and going, okay, these are ways we can make it better. Because I think sometimes that's not a consideration because there's other priorities. Mm. But the fact is you're going to have to pass under the many power lines that you cross going to Collie. And you're going to have those access problems, I think, regardless of what happens. And I find particularly boring the, the stretch through Australia Conservation Park that leads into town on that spur because it's a very sandy kind of area and the trees are very stunted yes i have to admit i really don't like that little bit Mm. and i kind of feel like you're zigzagging around nothing yeah yeah it seems like a bit of a wasted walk but i do enjoy walking down towards harris dam from harris dam campsite oh yeah when you come down 
the hill I find that actually quite enjoyable and quite attractive and then arriving at the picnic area is quite lovely too mm. yeah. yeah I quite like Harris Dam as a dam mm. which it was I think the opening of the northern section was at Harris Dam I think it was and we we worked out that we were there a day before the, the I think the anniversary of when it opened mm. which was kind of a, of a nice coincidence mm. When you were there, did you see that little fairy glen thing? What, and what do you think of that if you did see it? Uh, no, I didn't see it. I've never seen it, funny enough. Really? Yeah. So I don't know why. I, I've been through that section a few times. I've never seen it. Do you want to describe this fairy glen? <laughs> it sounds like you can enjoy it quite a bit. you sure <laughs> it's not something in your mind? No. <laughs> I have photos of it. It exists. Mm. Really? <laughs> it's... um. It's like a poor man's version of Gnomesville. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. It, it's got these little fairy things that like little figurines and stuff in the forest, and they've they've made like those sort of popsicle stick art things that they've stuck to the trees and stuff. Why have I never seen this? They're, as you're walking through the track, there's like a carpet on the ground, and if you stop at the carpet and look to the left, if you're heading towards Collie, or right, if you're heading towards um, towards Dwelling Up. You'll see it to the side of the track. If I hadn't seen the carpet, I wouldn't have stopped either. Okay. But it seems to be a point of a lot of contention. I read someone mm-hmm. talked about it on the Bilberman Track Facebook page, how they hate it, how it's littering and it's disgusting. Um, I'm off two minds about it. It's not, obviously, it's not a wilderness thing. No, but I personally think some of these things are kind of funny. Yeah. You mm. know, there's a section and... I further south can't remember where it was but i was walking along and there's rocks in the tree oh just random rocks in every tree it was the weirdest thing but it made me laugh yeah um and it wasn't hurting anyone so i don't think the the little fairy sitting in the woods is hurting anyone i think that's actually kind of funny yeah a bit like the gnome in the tree yeah yeah and the bus stop and we saw some kids who you know their parents took them out there and if that's going to bring kids into the exactly. outdoors, then why not? Go for you it. You know, why not? Yeah, I also enjoy a good uh, fairy garden, so I'm going to say that's a positive <laughs> for the track. <laughs> I actually did think about putting one in my section, but that's been put up the back. <laughs> so moving on, Collie as a track town. I know mm. it's received a bit of a bad rap. I've read some Mundabidi writers call it, um, let's just say, backwards. <laughs> what are your, your guys' thoughts? The less time spent, the better. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I actually quite like Collie. Oh, do you? I was surprised. I expected it to be like going into the most bogan town in Australia. And there are certain aspects that would qualify for that statement. But it's actually... I, I quite like the Collie Fields Hotel as a place to stay. Yes. It's a really nice place. I yes. Think, Hi, Michelle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She loves purple. She does. And as a fan of Prince, I appreciate that. Not the Fremantle Dockers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she might. I don't know. She might be. She might just by default be a fan, you mm. know, because she loves purple. She everything loves purple. Is purple. It She's is. purple. <laughs> it, yeah, literally everything. The front of the the hotel's purple. Everything's purple. Yeah. Mm. But I think I was surprised. I went to a pub there for a meal and the food was very good. I didn't expect that. I know that's probably a bit of a judgmental yeah, attitude coming into, <laughs> coming into the town. But, you city slicker. But I, I really liked it. And nearby, there's a lot of things that makes it worthwhile as a place to visit. Not as nice as dwelling up. It's not as charming. It's not as welcoming as a trail town per se. Mm. But it was a lot better than I expected. I mean, being a bit bigger than like a, a normal track town, kind of everything's a little bit more spread out and you kind of the suburbia and you can see it's not a quaint little town no and i think that's why i'm not overly keen on it is that it is a bigger town and especially if you're an end-to-ender it's great to get into a town especially if there's a pub and a cold beer love it but if it's a big town you get overwhelmed Mm. it's quite overwhelming when you've been out in the wilderness and not seen a lot of people or heard a lot of noise so yeah a, a lot of end-to-enders would struggle with the big towns i know i do and it's not like a Fremantle you can kind of get lost in whereas collie is very open and raised mm. so you're kind of aware of how big it is at the same time like you can't just walk into a quiet corner and then find the track again and walk out it's like a big expanse 
and the main road is kind of raised above everything else too. I find it's a town split in two. It is mm. for the yeah. railway line. Yeah. Do you cross the railway line and go on the other side, or do you stay on the track side? So, wh- um, which side is the wrong side of the tracks then? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> mm. Well, we we actually went for a stroll when we were there. We went to the other side and we went bought some beers from mm-hmm. the the bottle shop, which is on the other side. And it seems like where the Collierfields is is sort of like the old part of town, and maybe mm. that's more like a, the the shops side of town. But I mean, it was it was a Friday night not a lot happening to be honest yeah yeah how very WA (laughs) (laughs) but they have a Maccas they are a one Maccas town you know my uh, only visit to Collier was a maintenance field day and we all met up there a few months ago now and I actually enjoyed the drive into Collie, and it's not the same as walking in, but Mm. it kind of like you get a feel for like there's forest here and there's Wellington National Park nearby it's just I'd like Collie to embrace a bit more of a trail focus mm. which i think they will now because there's um, mountain bike trails going in um, yeah mm. thanks to, to common ground designs and i think they're supposed to be getting a multi-day like they're going to extend the collie spur yeah so have a return loop which i think is is nice and i think they want yeah have like a, a loop around the town which i think more billman track towns need to have because it's great saying oh you'll get all this business from the walkers but in essence really you don't get too much you might get some accommodation and some food at the pub but if you have people staying like if they drive to collie park their car somewhere they're more likely to stay there Mm. while they're doing the loop and then they return to the same spot and it's kind of double business for the town well i think they can improve the walk in and walk out i i don't like the walk out either i just find it a bit messy coming in um and then walking out it just it's just messy especially having to walk the same bit of track exactly (laughs) exactly yeah i i I think there's there's room for improvement there and maybe one day down the track they will change it and make it a bit more enjoyable and Mm. not so messy the largest track town that isn't albany or calamondo yes yes yeah so it's kind of it's it's unique in a way and i guess it's kind of hard to to please everyone um but yeah, definitely if you're walking the same bit of track yeah. <laughs> within a town, it's not necessarily the best thing. I guess the question would be where would they have gone if not for Collie? And that's that's the challenge because I, mm. I think very often when we did Collie to bailing up and also a bit of dwelling up to Collie, I always thought, gee, it would have been so much better if it went through Dryandra because I love the forests mm, of Dryandra and they're different. But then you get takes you so much further away from the other towns, and then what? How many more days would that have been? If yeah, we but you make the that? track longer then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you get to stay out there longer. But how would they? Where, how would they link it up? I guess is mm, the question. Then yeah. if you take it away, take a trail town away from a place that already is a trail town, mm. what happens? Well, look, on I find on every track I've ever walked, there's always parts that you love, and there's parts that you just don't like, and you need that in a track. You need to have the differences because then you really do appreciate the bits that you love. Mm. I mean, if it's all that wow moment, every step you take, it's not that wow in the end. You, you, <laughs> you disagree, don't you, Donovan? I, I do disagree. Yes. Uh, dwelling up to Collie is a big part of, I, I think because I did that towards the end of, of doing my sectional mm-hmm. woman track walk, it sort of left a bit of a sour taste mm-hmm. in my mouth because... I felt, especially, it probably wasn't a good idea to do Yarragil form to drive a road after coming back from Karajini because... No, it, it probably was... not. That's a bit of a downer. That's like me going from Norway and then doing the West Highland Way. Yeah. And, yeah, sadly, sorry, West Highland Way, but I didn't really enjoy you that much. <laughs> um, not that it's not a great track. It's just wasn't Norway. mm so yeah, when you when you do do something that's so spectacular like Karajini, and then you go to an area like the Yarragul form, it's, it's not like yeah yeah yeah. And I think it, it's a hard thing because the Bibbulmun obviously is is a long track, mm-hmm. and this is a, a main reason this dwelling up to Collie section that I rate the Bibbulmun less than I did the Overland track or the Cape to Cape. Mm-hmm. In that basically, I could say on the Cape to Cape or the Overland. That there was not a single day that was boring that every single day was excellent sure there were maybe one or two kilometers per day that were not so exciting but as a day i could say 
there was this one moment that was spectacular. Okay. Whereas I felt that the Bibbleman in this particular section has whole days that are not exciting. <laughs> okay, well, let me put it to you like this. Hmm. This, if you did a timeline on how long, a line on how long the Overland track is, mm. okay, and then mark out those not-so-great sections. Now do a line next to that on how long the Biblimen is. Mm. Mark out those sections. Now shrink the Biblimen back to the Overland, and it's no different. I think I would actually still probably think the Overland was excellent because <laughs> yeah. the only bits that There's I There's no changing his mind, is there? <laughs> no, but one, one counterpoint I would put here is... Dwelling up to Collie, where else would you go? Uh, it's, it's Dryandra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then yeah, you, you're skipping a track town and, you know... Maybe you can, you know, develop a new walk. I don't know. He does. It's the Power Lines Road walk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll, it'll, but that will be boring from start to finish. You have to create well moments every single kilometre because if there's a dull stretch on there, you're in big trouble. I think I should challenge you to walk the Power Lines. The whole power the lines. The whole power lines. I'll come you, with you. Are you paying his medical bills? <laughs> <laughs> Will I get leukemia? You have to wear tinfoil hats. Tinfoil hats. We'll be right. It, it, I will say that that track would be better than dwelling up to Collie. So. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, dwelling up to Collie would be better than, than the power line road track. <laughs> you know on the south side of Collie there is more power lines? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I prefer the south side of Collie. I think the track gets better. Mm. I'll leave that for another pod. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you've heard our thoughts on uh, dwelling up to Collie, and thank you very much for coming in, Michelle. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Well, uh, more likely than not, have you in again, maybe to discuss your documentary that's maybe a, an early 2018 release? Yes, I am hoping to get my documentary out there. Um, let's say January. I'm hoping for December, but let's be a bit more realistic and say January. Okay. New yeah. year, new documentary. And yep. just for those that, that don't know, it is on the Billman track um, and her end-to-end journey. Well, it's actually not on my end-to-end journey. It's on the Bibbleman track and it's on the Bibbleman track and the people that are on the track. Funny enough, there's not a lot of me in there, but I do believe you're in there. I am. I got interviewed. Yes. I'm quite looking for it. That's why I'm kind of rushing you, like, get yeah. this out. I want yeah. to see what I look like. <laughs> you look pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Episode six done. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for episode seven. Thank you for listening. Thank you.